This is Disabled Girls Who Lift. We are reclaiming what's rightfully ours one podcast at a time. It's Mary Beth, Chloe, and Marcia bringing you the thoughts and unpopular topics to get you out of that ableist comfort zone. Hey guys, welcome. Episode 17. Thanks for joining us. This is Marcia from South Florida. This is Mary Beth from Northern California. And of course, we still have our third host, Chloe, busy with life things, but we love her and you better love her. Also, just want to do a quick, 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 quick overview of the ways that you could support us, our community, our movement, our podcast. First thing you could do is click on our show notes, support this podcast, and you could subscribe for as little as a dollar or give more. You could also buy the new shirt we have that's live on the site, get some stickers. And you could also support us by actually volunteering to help us transcribe our episodes. So if you're looking for ways to get involved in our little community and support us, throw money at us, throw some time at us, whatever you can give us, we'll appreciate. And if you want to know if you're interested a little bit about how how you're actually supporting us, like these podcast episodes, this merchandise, it's all self-made. We funded ourselves. Uh, we all have, you know, um, jobs separate from this, but not enough to sustain our, our side projects, our love, our passion, which is Disabled Girls Who Lift. Uh, but if you can't donate, you know, all you have to do is share. Share our um, episode promos that we post, uh, uh, share our shirts, anything that supports this community. Yeah, exactly. If you don't have money, if you don't have time, that's fine. Just share us, talk about us, and make sure that people know that we exist. Mm-hmm. And these transcriptions are so, so important to me because, as you all know, podcasts aren't very accessible to very many of us. Very many of us who are hard of hearing, who are in the deaf community. So um, for those in our community that still want to enjoy and talk and, you know, still feel like they are part of this, we have some transcriptions available online. But again, um, we get so caught up in everything that we do that (laughs) um, transcribing episodes becomes very hard. So unfortunately, we're only... We've only been able to transcribe about seven episodes. We need some help. Yes, we need some help. So that was our spiel. Moving on to the energy. (laughs) Moving on to the real energy of the episode. We're talking about protecting energy. Mary Beth, do you have a question for the listeners? I do. You know, I've been thinking about this a lot and... I'm so happy that I have circles, I have close circles, I have close partners who constantly question me, challenge me, ask me these types of questions. But I want to know from you guys, if you take some time to, you know, quote unquote, protect your energy, give yourself some self-care, some self-love. And what what do we actually do? And what do we do to feel good? What do we do um, as modes of survival, what do we do for happiness? Um, and what are some, you know, feel good activities or products? Some people say chocolate. 
ice cream, whatever. <laughs> right. Give you, you know, that extra release of dopamine, like where you feel that pleasure. Um, I don't know. What are some things that come to mind for you? Uh, for me, well, lifting heavy ass weights is always great. Uh, yoga is amazing. And, or just sitting on my fucking couch. That's it. <laughs> that brings me great joy <laughs> because I feel like a, a lot of times uh, self-care can get framed into a very like elitist uh, you have to have money to have self-care like you'd have to buy some cucumber masks and you have to buy bath bombs or you have to go to a spa and get a massage but like that's not really what it means like all it, all it has to mean is that You've carved out time for yourself where you're like, it's okay if I'm not making money right now. It's okay if I'm not productive right now. It's okay if I'm not doing anything for anyone but me right now. And whatever that is that fits those, that's self-care. It's, it's a, it could be that broad. Mm-hmm. And, and what is it, you know, what is it that makes you feel good after a super long day of work or a super hard workout or rough ass week where you were just feeling down and you know depressed on yourself um what lifts you back up how much of that is I guess short term or long term like for me things that keep me going on a daily basis um which is you know I'm finally getting back into the gym and going three four times a week Mm -hmm. um really brings me that 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 energy back but then um, when they're big, like, things that hit you. When adulting happens. <laughs> and they, or when things happen and, and it comes at you sideways. And you don't know how how to go about, like, a, the death of a family member or loss of a job or loss of a friendship. Like, what do you do in that case? Who do you go to? I've been asking myself that a lot more and I'm just so thankful that I, you know... I can talk to people. I'm open to receiving and giving in order to make me thrive. So, that so makes does, sense. That, does that mean that there's levels of self-care? That like there's like a maintenance self-care? And then there's like, mm-hmm. a, oh, now I need a real tune-up self-care? Like what's... I think so. I think so. And I mean, that's what I wanted to talk to you about because... One thing that one of my partners, um, and if some of you don't know, I'm I'm polyamorous. I'm happily polyamorous. I have one um, primary partner, and then I have other spiritual, you know, other partners. And one of my spiritual partners asked me, like, um, or complimented me, and I'm, you know, I'm not good at compliments, but <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you are so powerful, you know, like you always have something going on but you know how to turn it into love and um you turn pain into healing and all these things and I'm always so inspired by that and you know I brush it off because it's hard and a lot of the times I am crying a lot of the times I only show um the goodness the smiles the the hugs and not the me breaking down um into a corner crying you know before I go to sleep every other night I never showed that but I was telling him how thankful I am that I am able to reach out 
to loved ones. I'm able to reach out to my coworkers. If I know I need a hug one day, I, I tell them. Like, yeah. All I need is a hug. I don't want to talk about it. Or I do want to talk about it. And it turns into a 60-minute to a full day of just <laughs> venting and, you know, <laughs> being around or surrounding myself with strong women, with like-minded individuals. And I feel like there's a lot of privilege that comes with that and a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm just blessed. But I feel like that's more of the, my, I guess, the long-term pleasure versus a maintenance pleasure when shit hits a fan and I need to know who to go to. I need to know, like, a big-ass box of Ferrero Rocher chocolates is going to save me today. <laughs> that's not something I do on a daily basis, but when right. it's really shitty, that's what I go for. And that's what I know will make me feel good. Do you have right. Do you have a maintenance? I mean, especially, you know, someone with a chronic illness, like, oh, I'm so curious. Well, I mean, I guess my maintenance self-care is has to do with a lot of planning my time and setting boundaries that's like my base level self-care so if somebody invites me somewhere and I know like all right I want to train that day all right this weekend I have to go to this event okay and somebody invites me to something no and I'm not going to feel bad about why I'm not going to I don't have to give them an explanation just no Mm -hmm. not going to make it sorry um, just being able to, to set those boundaries and tell, you know, let people know, like, if I had plans for something and I know I don't have it, listen, it's not going to work out. That's it. Just, yeah. just just letting, drawing that line in the sand. Like, when, when I need some time, I need some recovery, like, I'm going to take it. So that's a lot of my maintenance self-care. And I do spend, I mean, you know, just like you said, Instagram is lovely and it looks beautiful, but you don't see the time where people are down and I spend probably most of my time, if I'm not working or lifting, I'm, I'm on the couch, like regenerating, recuperating. And that's a lot of my self-care, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and I love that you brought up setting those boundaries because a lot of the times when people do that, they feel bad or their friends make them feel bad. Like, oh, why do you never come out with us? Mm-hmm. Like, why are you being a bad friend? Like, can't you come out? Can't you? Like, a lot of the times it, it is poor timing. sorry reach back again next week try again in a month you know if we got good friends in our lives uh good people that surround us they they should be able to understand yeah and i have people that float in and out and so and you know for the most part understanding um and anybody that isn't you know they've they've gone off to the wayside and i'm better for it it's fine really because i can't expend that energy on something and I like I don't I literally don't even have it just trying to make somebody else happy when I have to take care of myself mm-hmm. um you know like they say you can't pour from an empty cup and the other part of that is like okay that's like base level relationships and I'm dealing with my day and you know I'm tired is there flares or not a flare but I mean just existing takes energy also so we also in a sense have to like protect ourselves from that I mean just you know, whatever racist guy you encountered going to Publix or what shitty comments some dude left on your post, like, those are daily things also. Or just the fact of, you know, like, adulting shit, like, 
like the massive amount of debt that I'm in because of the system that's been created that told me I should go to school mm-hmm. then I get debt <laughs> and then come out of school and they say no we're not going to pay you <laughs> because this is the system and the same system that tells you okay buy a house oh no 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 we're not going to give you a good rate you have too big of a loan so like, <laughs> shit, like shit like that is every day also and like and there can be times where you just sit down and, and pick it apart and think about it. That could just take energy out of you. Like some days I'll just look at like my bank statements or I get a letter or I'll try to apply for something. And I could just spend half the day just literally pissed off. Like they, yeah. they literally created a system where all I'm supposed to do is fail and they make money off of my failure. Like, mm-hmm. like you have to protect yourself from that also. There's so many different angles of parts of your life that you can just, you know, breeze by for some of us but for the rest of us like me like I can't it's in my face every day yeah man I didn't even think we'd start talking about finances but that's that's (laughs) a really big thing because us you know especially people of color black and brown Asian you know folks that live in in the United States like we do have to work five times harder than the average with lower socioeconomic capital with lower social capital with everything and then fighting on top of you know being um misrepresented by the based on the color of our skin it's it's freaking tough but (laughs) it's funny that you talked about debt because you know not only do you not only do you have to pay back your debt, you're paying back the interest on your debt. And that's kind of how life feels sometimes. You know? <laughs> when we talk about main- yeah, maintenance, yeah, you know, maintenance like mental health and you're finally feeling like you've got a system going. You're, you finally feel like, um, you know, you can go on with, with this um, – you've got a regular routine going every week and then something hits you hard. Um, like that white man at a grocery store talking about your disability or what have you. It's like, <laughs> there's yeah, always something else that comes at something. you. Yeah. So, all right. Well, you brought up a few things where, I mean, I have a few questions like the first one. And, and I know it, it changes depending on who it is you're interacting with and who knows about some of your undiagnosed chronic illnesses. But um, uh, <laughs> do you still feel that you have to explain to people why it is that you have chosen to stay home today? Why it is that you've chosen to, you know, not spend a very important day, say their birthday party or something that keeps you from, you know, interacting with them more where they they feel as though like oh you'll feel better once you come out just just come just come do you still find yourself explaining yourself um not really not not really i've never been a person that went out clubbing or went out to the bars or like all i do is go out and eat that's pretty much it and for the most part that usually just happens like my husband and our best friend and then maybe like an extra person might randomly tag along but like all in all like that's pretty much it. Like, I don't really get out much anyway. So I've kind of, like, entered a place where I'm pretty much secluded from um, people in general. And, you know, if they have, like, a graduation party, birthday party, whatever, then they'll invite me. And maybe once every couple months my cousin will be like, oh, let's go get some pizza. 
Um, so when something does come up and like it's a birthday party, somebody I haven't seen in a while, and I'm not gonna make it, I'll just text them like, "Yo, I'm tired. I'm not gonna make it," and and that'll be it. So for the most part, I don't I don't find myself needing to explain, but other people find themselves wanting me wanting mm-hmm. me to explain, and honestly, it's not really something that I I like. I just don't enjoy doing it whatsoever. I don't really have. Like to me, the value in me explaining to you like what I'm what what I've gone through, how many specialists I've seen, what I think my diagnoses are, what I think I should do, what I have done in the past, what's working now, what isn't working, what tests have I done, like I, that conversation that people really want to have isn't really doing anything for me. It's like you going on World Star and like watching a fight or something, you know? Like it's just something to consume, like. We're not going to have a meaningful conversation about this. Like, you're just going to stare at me in my face be like, man, that's crazy. And, like... <laughs> yeah. Like, and how like, much of that is actually going to make me feel better? How much of that is actually going to, like, fix this you know, temporary state that I'm in? Yeah. So, it's not really helpful. So, I mean, in general, I just will usually just shut that down. And it'll just won't go any further. So, nobody's ever been, like, straight up, like, yo, why don't you want to talk about this? Like, uh, nobody has the balls for that, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> it's never gone there. But there are people that are like, how you been? How are you doing? How's your illness? Oh, what's going on? And I'll just be like, oh, it's better for now. <laughs> How's your illness? Like, that's it. <laughs> how are things going? It's better than last year. <laughs> Period. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's Good. it. Like, Good. Like, yeah. I don't, you don't have to go further. <laughs> yeah, I don't always have the energy for that because I don't always feel like I don't feel like it's going to be an actual two-way conversation. Like, I don't really enjoy just talking for, to, about myself. Like, like I'm not, is, is this a TED Talk? Or are we in a conversation? Yeah, and how much, like, how much are you actually going to listen, first of all? Because some yeah. people ask so that they can just tell you how their day is going. We yeah. all know who those people are. Yeah. Um, and then how much, how much actual, like, good advice are you, are you able to, to give me? Yeah. Or or how much of it is actually you throwing a pity party for me? How much exactly. are you just going to spend your time telling me that you're sorry? <laughs> yeah. Um, so not even just, oh, are they going to give me good advice? Like, are you going to say, like, nothing at all? Or can you just listen? Right. And just have a conversation about it with you trying to tell me what you think I should do. Yeah. So that's that's... Usually that's the part. That's just like different threads of why I don't waste my energy on it. But number one is those other people, man. You know I'm tired all the time. Oh yeah, me too, man. Oh uh, yesterday, like all right. <laughs> there's that guy, right? And then there's the other person that's like, oh well, have you gone vegan or uh, have you done yoga or have you seen the autoimmune diet? Oh, you should cut out beans. Oh, you should cut this out. That exists. What the fuck is an autoimmune diet? Seriously. AID? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, AIP, actually. It's an autoimmune okay. protocol, I think. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's so many that things out there. So that's one person. And then the other person is the, oh, are you still working? Or are you, oh, I don't, uh, like that pity person. Neither of those people are for me. This, my, yeah. <laughs> I know a niece or a nephew that has something completely different from what your <laughs> invisible illness is. Like, do you just put put us all in the box? What the fuck? 
Yeah, so I don't even, I really don't. Really, the people that I talk to in detail about my medical situation are other people in medical situations. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. That's about it. Like, I might gripe about, like, if somebody posts a story about MRIs and having trouble, like, I'll just shoot them up. Like, listen, this is what you have to do. All right, I mean, you need to talk to this doctor. Okay, you need to get a fax account for yourself because you can't count on them to send fucking faxes. They suck. All right, <laughs> this is what you're going to have to, like, We'll go back and forth easily, easily, because something comes out of that conversation. Like, I'm not a small, that maybe that's what it is. I'm not a small talker. I don't have it. <laughs> if our that's conversation God. doesn't mean anything, we're not having the conversation. <laughs> I can't do it. Responses. <laughs> what do you think about the weather? <laughs> like, when people are on hold and they're like, you know, like they feel like they have to talk to you, I'd be like, all right, thanks. Let me know when you're ready. Yeah, <laughs> we're not going to talk about the weather. Please leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it's so interesting because I mean, you know, invisible illnesses and just uh, dealing with chronic illnesses on a daily basis, you very, very constantly also have to think about mental health. And same with physical disabilities. You know, don't get me wrong. We all we all deal with everything all at once sometimes. Um, but my mental health sometimes is it's like getting questioned almost the same thing. Like, oh, why do you deal with your disability this way? Why do you deal with it that way? Um, having to explain to people, like, why, or not necessarily explain to people, but that that awkward interaction where somebody, you know, we talked about holding hands in the past, but here right. it's like, here it's like, people who hold out both hands for a double high five and I choose not to give them a double high five because I'm not <laughs> very comfortable with that person. <laughs> you know, like touch is, is one of my very important love languages, but it's also with the right person, you know, or the yeah, right. Well, that's that's your feel. boundary. Yeah. yeah. But people, explaining people those boundaries that. early on. No, people don't respect it. They're like, this is what I do. I do this with everyone. Why not you? What's going on? Yeah. Must be you. Can't be me. And sometimes I do. God, and I'm I'm really thankful for, like, you know, having had these conversations with, with you and Chloe and just people in my circle for the short amount of time that I have. I feel like I should have. Right. Helped. Should have met you guys when I was five, <laughs> struggling with my, <laughs> with my, you know, very young mental health self. But um, one of my other partners, who when I was very, very first, like when we were very new in our relationship, one of our very first few dates or whatever, um, it takes me a very long time to truly get comfortable with my body with somebody else even if mm -hmm. I know there's intimacy involved or even after there's intimacy involved um she had said something along the lines of hey so and baby girl if you're listening I love you you know on <laughs> <laughs> amazing terms and I know we talked about this um but um, she said something along the lines of like, so your entire left side, she noticed that I was I was hiding it sometimes or like not super comfortable and having it all out like I do at the right. gym. You know, she's like, your left side, we got to talk about that because, you know, it's time. <laughs> and, and I like got into my car. I was like, all right, bye. 
you know, like immediate straight face. I didn't know that was in person. Was Her thing tried me and I didn't know exactly what to say. Obviously that didn't sit well, you know, yeah, you it's almost like somebody moment. you're just like shocked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I am thankful that, you know, she's a very open minded human being and didn't exactly know what was going on, but I had to go out of my way to, instead of, you know, blocking her off, like I probably would have a year ago or two with somebody right. else, um, you know, took time out of my day to, to explain to her, like, listen, having a disability is almost like having to force myself to come out of the closet every time I interact with somebody new, um, somebody that won't judge me or force me to be in this invisible comfort zone that I never found, you know, right. I'm almost 28 and I still haven't found that perfect comfort zone like I do find it in the gym because I don't give a fuck um, I do find it like out in public because I don't give a fuck now thanks to people like you mm-hmm. uh, but there are some times in my workplace there are some times with very intimate interactions where I like you know I still freeze up I still curl up yeah and you still revert to that same and we get comfortable you know we find yeah. We find that and we find it later. You know, I'm glad that I had that conversation. But some people feel the need to tell you when you're ready. Yeah, no, that's not okay. Compare themselves to you or their friend and how easy it was for them to magically, you know, feel comfortable in this society. Whereas (laughs) everybody's got their own timeline, you know? Definitely. Yeah, you can never really tell anyone. I mean, you could talk to someone and you could be there for them, but she can't. You can't go up to someone and be like, you know what, right now. Yeah, and like, and I don't and talk. It's, it's not like you have you were having like an active crisis or something. I mean, right. I'm not talking about like somebody that's literally in the middle of a breakdown. Like, of course you're gonna say something. Right. <laughs> but you were just like minding your business. You were just like minding your business. Like. So funny because I was I. You know, I'm listening to these amazing podcasts. One of them is um, Disability After Dark with Andrew Gerzen. He always brings on some amazing guests who have, you know, unique disabilities and just talk. Talk about sex, talk about sexual health, talk about relationships and dating. And one of them who's legally blind um, was talking about how she um, would pretend that she wasn't blind. Like, on how? her first dates, right? How could, so How could you even accomplish that? Well, she's got... She isn't fully blind, so she's she's got some vision where if it's very, very up close, mm. um, she's see, you know, some she's, detail. She's pulling the Kim, like Kim uh, from my previous episode. Right, 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 right. She didn't hit uh, her 30s until she said, okay, yes, I'm blind. <laughs> <laughs> but imagine, like... Having interactions and conversations with people and not disclosing that, you know, and going going to the extent of pretending as though you can see what the menu says, mm-hmm. pretending as though or acting um, and just having a script ready um, for yourself. And, you know, sometimes that's just where people's process is. They'll soon, we will soon, like, find a time where we are 100% ready to be open and lively and, like, telling everybody that we (laughs) come in contact with that we have a disability. But a lot of the times we 
we get so much pressure put on us to be that perfect person, especially on a first date where it's like, uh, no, you are going to wait for me to be ready to talk to you about this horrific, mm-hmm. um, you know, you know, there's a lot of baggage that you also have to talk about. It's not just like, oh, I have a disability, da, 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 everything's fine and dandy and I'm over it. No. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's deeper than that. Like, in, in a way, you're you're not disclosing it to protect yourself because you don't want to go somewhere and the person ends up being an asshole. Because, like, there's always that part of it. Like, all right, what if I tell them then? Oh, great. Now it's a pity party. This date's ruined. <laughs> Exactly. Or if some of you listen to the episode where Chloe was talking about some of her dating history, where people legitimately turned her down before even meeting her because yeah. they couldn't see themselves with somebody with a different hand. Like we're already living with the fact that we're or we were or currently, depending on where you are standing right now, like live with the idea that we're less desirable we're less worthy of love and then shit sometimes we are faced with that yeah it's still i mean it's it's very nice to you know say all these affirming things and have these conversations but like we know that in the real world like everybody else isn't having these conversations (laughs) like everybody else isn't in this space so it's kind of hard to navigate that you have, like, a different reality to deal with. Like, this is my reality in my house. This is how I deal with things. This is how I see myself. But, like, oh, okay, if it's a first date, all right, this is this this is what how it's going to go. Like, oh, is it an interview? Okay, this is the person I'll be for that day. Like, you have to compartmentalize it. It's, that's the way it is. It shouldn't have to be. But, right. honestly, sometimes you just, <laughs> like, you have to protect yourself. Or even if you're on the other side, some people look at us and automatically associate us with, like, needing or being super dependent, you know, needing somebody to care for us, somebody to do extra above and beyond. And rather than seeing any of us, especially those um, who are wheelchair users, those of us who, you know, are paralyzed from you know the waist or the neck down that do need a little more assistance you know some of them do have caretakers whatever but don't automatically associate them with someone that is extra work for you that you would have to care for rather than love because everyone's capable of being loved it's a it's a tricky thing that's a whole conversation on its own is relationships and not even just romantic relationships either because like we touched on earlier platonic relationships with people not getting things or not understanding your boundaries or not understanding how you want to be in any environment oh that's a whole situation and the and the only thing that could even make those things worse is if you have no like love for yourself if all you have for yourself is just doubt and internalized whether it's ableism or internalized racism or even just colorism or whatever it is that you've taken from the society and decided was like, oh, this is real, this is, I'm less than, I'm not good enough, I shouldn't make as much money, or I'm not as desirable. Like, if you believe those things, then all of those other tricky situations that are already tricky are just now going to be, like, a thousand percent shittier. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're not calling ourselves perfect perfect we're not saying that we have we don't have that self-doubt we don't have you know 
bouts of, of times where we are in pain and, you know, struggling with simply loving ourselves. Um, it's just knowing that there is love out there is also like the most gratifying thing. And when I say that I, you know, I'm thankful to be able to to reach out for help when I need it. I know mm-hmm. so many, so many people in my circles who are not and they, you know, close themselves off until we kind of reach out. And if it is internalized that much and you're just listening <laughs> to a podcast like this here and there where um, you can at least have a conversation with yourself about it and what what kind of happiness you are looking to have what makes you feel good, you know, <laughs> Yeah. then you're getting somewhere. So I think this um, protecting your energy business is a lot about, I mean, we didn't talk about details of self-care, like things people do or don't do or whatever, but there's definitely a lot of loving yourself, a lot of knowing yourself. So you have to be like self-aware of what you do in situations. So like you said, you know, when your partner came up to you and was like, yo, we got to talk about this. Like you could have handled that, you could have handled that in a million different ways. But somehow in that moment, you're like, okay, what do I want to do? Yeah. What should I do? And you and you took that like that takes a level of self awareness that I think people can work on. Also, it's just knowing yourself. So like you can't love yourself if you don't know who the fuck you are, <laughs> yeah. and you can't love anybody else if you don't know who the fuck you are. You can't take care of yourself and figure out what brings you joy if you don't know who you are. And I mean, there's obviously a huge learning curve to it. But if you don't ask yourselves these kind of questions, if you don't have these conversations, I don't know that you'll find out. And there's tons of stuff on Instagram that looks beautiful and looks gorgeous. And there's tons of people that are like inspiring, quote unquote, online. And you can consume all these things and it still won't mean anything unless you really ask yourselves these kind of questions and have the conversations like just looking at nice quotes and you know, liking something is, isn't really enough. Yeah, exactly. And asking yourself always, like, what sorts of expectations do you have for yourself? Do you expect yourself one day to just get up out of bed and, you know, eat your three meals today and come on home and start all over again on some days or other days where you want to dress your best self, you know, do your hair, do your makeup, whatever it is that makes it makes you feel good like I used to never get my nails done because you know I'm missing a hand and now I am so addicted because that's what makes (laughs) me feel good seeing just some clean acrylics (laughs) on on my fingers like whatever it is wearing yellow I hear that some colors have bring some good sentiments Um, what is it for you what does that mean for you And you mentioned, you know, your relationships, that being platonic friendships, partners, whatever, what have you. Like, are you having those open conversations with them about what you're comfortable with, um, what your mental health looks like, what your self-care looks like to you versus what it looks like to them? Like I mentioned love languages. Um, I talk about that all the time all the time with all my partners um how you know physical touch and words of affirmation come up on top and receiving gifts or or quality time 
you know, find themselves at the bottom um, and and finding out what their love languages are so that you can give that back so that you're both receiving and giving different types of love. God, it's just, you know, an amazing feeling to know that there is somebody actively trying to make you happy Mm -hmm. um, in your unique way rather than how they see, um, like, I could give a rat's ass about getting a dozen roses, you know, just give me a hug one day and talk about what we did. Talk about what our projects are going forward. That gives me, you know, that adrenaline, that um, dopamine (laughs) and honestly makes me feel like I'm making love. Like I, (laughs) I talk sometimes to, to some of my partners and I'm like, God, I feel like I just had sex for 60 minutes because that conversation was powerful. Yeah, yeah, and those conversations are important. And that's the kind of thing you have to surround yourself with. Because, I mean, I mean, everyone lo- likes to celebrate things different ways. Different things make different people happy. But, I mean, I'm the same. I don't really, I don't need somebody to buy me something because it's a holiday and everybody said you should buy it. Like, I don't need to take pictures because everybody else is posting pictures but, like, if I tell you a story about something and you remember that, that that was the person I told you about a month ago and we have a conversation about it, I'm just going to be like, like, that meant more to me than anything. Or, you know, if, like, fucking four months ago I mentioned one time some random obscure thing I wanted to eat and you brought it home without me asking for it, like, that, mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's the kind of thing that's going to do it for me. <laughs> and what's funny is like I am always like oh don't give me gifts don't give me gifts but I'm a gift giver like yeah. I don't know what it is about us Filipino women like my mom was always a gift giver always a feeder like yeah. cooking and seeing somebody enjoy her food somebody enjoy her gifts like that feels good to me so if yeah. you're ready for that <laughs> you know come talk to me nice. um, <laughs> but yeah yeah, but that's all stuff that we're talking about relationship-wise. But without without a person, just you on your own, what are you doing for your self-care? Without saying that I'm going to call somebody or anything. Just you in a room. What What is Mary Beth going to do? Well, me in a room, you know, I think a lot of what we do on a daily basis is look, is look at ourselves in the mirror. Brushing our teeth, combing our hair, whatever. Sometimes I look at myself when I dress down not put something on um I think a lot of my self-care has to do with being thankful for my body and what it does for me Mm -hmm. in the past I was always I was always unthankful and ungrateful for not being able to do what other people did with two hands right um shying myself from specific sports that I thought required to ha- two hands or specific um, careers like becoming a plas- a surgeon, not a plastic surgeon, <laughs> a surgeon um, that, you know, requires two hands, but also thankful for my brain and the capacity and where that um, intelligence has brought me, you mm-hmm. know, in certain careers like um, and how beautiful my entire left side is, you know, that has been a long long process for me and there's still times where i i don't find that but a lot of the times that's all i need aside from getting my nails done and (laughs) getting cool new haircut yeah Yeah. (laughs) you um well i what you said was pretty awesome but i don't really have that sort of experience 
you know, I don't really, I, I mean, I had a time when I was first going through this illness that I was very, like, the fuck is going on with this body, what the fuck, like, very, you know, upset and in disbelief and, you know, kind of going through, like, stages of grief for what my old self was, um, but I don't really have that feeling anymore, so, you know, whatever happened, that somehow I got through that, so I feel like more of what I have to do now is just surviving, like, all the bullshit of day-to-day life, or just surviving the stress of just adulthood or just, you know, having an argument with somebody or something that sets me off. It's just that day to day. And it's still, I mean, my mom has been gone for two years, but grief is still forever. Like, it doesn't go away. Yeah. So just day to day dealing with those things. So for me, that might just be sitting on my patio, on my lounge chair, and just doing nothing. Like, literally doing nothing. Not on my phone, not on anything. Just, like, looking at the trees, listening to the wind closing my eyes and just feeling where I am like I'm not even like taking a nap or anything but just being in the moment like in a sense meditating you could say mm-hmm. um but I don't like personally I don't like any of the shit where people are talking to me I don't like the shit that tells you like what to say like like no I'm just there like taking yeah. that moment like all right I'm breathing I exist this is fine and whatever I think a big part of it is whatever I'm feeling I don't try to feel bad about it I don't try to feel guilty about it I just accept it. Like, if I'm pissed off, like, the other day, it was a really, really a regular-ass day. But there was just little things that set me off. And my brain is, like, very rigid. I'm not a flexible person, like, as happy-go-lucky as some people somehow think I am. Like, I'm not a a flexible person. So, like, the other day, I was going to go to yoga, and then my husband took my car. His car is, like, a whole different situation. You have to warm his car up. I forgot. So then you can't drive as fast when it's not as warm. So I'm driving slower. Then I'm late to the yoga. I get to the door. The door is locked. I walk back. Mind you, the yoga parking is not in front of the studio. It's like a two-minute walk. So I'm walking back, pissed. Then I'm driving back, still slow, because the car is still not warm. You know, I'm like hitting the red lights. It's raining on me all of a sudden. Like, just just odd bullshit. Like, I had a massage schedule. They canceled it. Mm-hmm. because of whatever conflict whatever regular stuff but just for me in that moment like I was literally pissed off and I I could have you know it's easy to get in that moment and be like oh why are you so mad there's nothing to be mad about or be like oh it could be worse at least you could got to drive to yoga like <laughs> you know I could be saying all these things but instead I'm just like you know what fuck it I am mad I'm upset I'm gonna be mad right now mm-hmm. and then you know five or so five ten minutes pass and I was like all right well I can go on with the rest of my day it's fine <laughs> <laughs> but it felt good to be mad <laughs> it felt good it's to good. be mad yeah. it was okay and I think a lot of for me what my self care is now is understanding what I'm feeling when I'm feeling it accepting it, experiencing it and then not necessarily moving on but just like working through it if that makes sense oh yeah most definitely I used to say that I scheduled times to cry and you know with a busy work schedule whatever and that non-stop grind like in very many ways I wasn't kidding like I would drive and I would a song would come on and I'd think of my aunt who recently passed and boom the entire month of holding back all those tears like finally comes out and it feels great yeah, I'm not yeah. going to apologize for that. I'm not going to no. apologize for, you know, showing showing that that energy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I want to bring up too, like we 
we're mid-February to the end of February, and we just, you know, we just passed through some of the hardest holidays. Yeah. We passed through uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, Valentine's Day, all holidays, you know, created by... Uh, <laughs> the man. The man. <laughs> You know, it's okay to not celebrate with the rest of the world. It's not okay. To, it's it's okay sometimes to um not celebrate with friends or family who's having a good time and is all like all of what means to be joyous. Um, especially when grieving loss or still, you know, thinking about who you used to spend that holiday with. That's fine. And that's all a part of the mental health and the self-care and self-love, too. It doesn't mean we're just in the shadows wanting yeah. to push everybody out. And that goes with the self-awareness, too, because you have to be aware of, like, okay, this is me right now in this situation, and I'm not fucking with it. And I don't have to be. And then also understanding that if people around you do not accept it, that's their problem. Mm-hmm. Because, like, if you know who you are and you know what you're trying to achieve, like, everything builds from there. So if you're in that moment, like, it's a Christmas party and you want to stay home, you stay fucking home. Like, if you're, you know, if people are out there buying roses, you don't want to buy any roses, don't buy any fucking roses. Like, it's not, none of that should be a requirement for you to exist in somebody's life. So if you don't have it, you don't have it. And if, if somebody can't understand that, then then that's when you get to the point where maybe you'll reevaluate your friendships or your relationship. But at mm-hmm. base level, I think a lot of the times it's like people have trouble setting that boundaries and also expecting things from other people. Like you don't need to, you don't need to expect anything from anyone else. You don't need the validation from somebody else to tell you that you're okay, you're normal, you're not, or you're this or you're that. Like you just have to know what you need for you to survive because everything else is hard enough. For you to worry about someone else. Same goes for receiving physical things. Like you don't need to expect roses. You don't need to expect a gift on Christmas Day either. Find your own way of, of giving and receiving. I mean, every every culture, maybe you're religious, maybe you're spiritual, whatever. Everybody has their own way of dealing with those kind of things. Whether, you know, you have to deal with depression or you have social anxiety or you're dealing with grief. Whatever it is, or you're just having a tough day, you need some time to yourself, like whatever it is, everybody has their own thing. But um, for me recently, actually what I've started doing is I have an ancestral shrine. Mm. So I'm doing some some spiritual shit. So and, and honestly, it is bringing me like a lot of peace. So you you watch Star Wars, right? <laughs> so like you know how like they're always like, oh, the Jedi are in you. And yeah. then like they're like talking to you, right? So picture that your ancestors are like your Jedi, like they're they're always in you, like they're there. You gotta like tap into them, right? Okay. So if you create a space, a physical space where it's for them, then that's where they go. It's kind of like harnessing that kind of energy. So you make that physical space and you make that time and you like honor them. You know, like I have like a little cute frame with my mom and my grandma in it. I put flowers over there. Um, it's not the grave, and I don't go to the grave. It's like yeah. an actual like thing on my dresser. Yeah. So that's actually a part of being a big part of my self care is just the idea of honoring my ancestors, and whether or not that means you have an actual shrine, like you don't have to get that deep. Just the idea of like what I'm gonna do is like 
my mother went through all of the trouble to have me and make me exist into this world. Like, I'm going to milk this shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, like, That's whatever amazing. I'm, yeah, whatever I'm doing to milk it, like, is honoring them. That really is amazing. And I feel like in, in this spiritual journey, like, I've found, you know, one of my closest aunts passed away 12 years ago, which was a young time. Or 12, 15 years ago, which was a young yeah. time for us. So as as that develops, as more and more people leave this earth, like I've found different ways to hold hold shrines spiritually, or you know, I feel as though many times they follow me wherever I go. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you said or, you're, those are your Jedi. They're <laughs> I'm a Jedi <laughs> inside of me. <laughs> or like I see faces um, on strangers that look just like my aunt or just like a cousin, you know, and I am at peace with that. It's amazing. And it's in many ways like has helped me not be afraid of ghosts, too, yeah. <laughs> because I'm like, oh, man, this is this is, you know, Auntie Susan um, sent me some messages telling hello that she's here she's she's with me and all of a sudden my day gets better yeah (laughs) or somebody sounds exactly like you know the way that my grandma used to talk things like that yeah or you just might hear a song i'm like dang my mom loved this song Mm -hmm. this song's great so like it's just those kind of those little things that mean a lot and i mean maybe maybe you don't get that maybe that just sounds like a whole bunch of hunk of junk to you that's fine I don't give a shit. Like I said earlier, all I need to know is what I'm about <laughs> and what I need to thrive. If you're not with it, you're not with it. Like I don't, I don't give a shit about saying this on this podcast because right? if somebody wants to walk away. Like, dang, I listen to this disabled girl who lived and they talking about fucking ghosts and shit. That was weird. <laughs> I don't care. Say whatever you want because I know what I'm aware of. What I need. <laughs> What I need to thrive, and that's how I'm gonna take care of myself. You come on this journey, or you don't. The boat's in the water. Yeah, I can't. I can't wait to start reading those comments. <laughs> They're talking about ghosts and shit. What the hell are they doing? About ghosts and shit. What I gotta I do with a barbell? Motivation. I was looking for some inspiration. Oh, man. Sorry, not not here, not now. <laughs> but my but my lifting is has definitely also evolved. To more self care, because like like I said a couple episodes ago when I had my my client on Dana, I read I, I used, yeah I was an angry like an angry person. It was not like a nice outlet. It was not a productive time. But like now I'm like happy. I'm dancing. I'm like damn this is great. Mm, my body is moving. This is amazing. Like I'm like okay. I mean not everybody likes to lift by themselves, but like if I'm lifting by myself, I'm having a great time. Like, to me, lifting weights gives me the same feeling I get of doing a good yoga session. At the end of both, I feel like my blood's moving. I feel happy. Like, I'm grateful. Yeah. It's so funny that you mentioned that because, like, as a soccer player, I was like, yeah, aggression. You want to beat the shit out of the girl. That's- oh, you get me, right? <laughs> I knew exactly what you meant because, I mean, out on the field, you don't have headphones. There's no music playing. You got people yelling at you. You're getting dirty in the mud. A lot of the times right. it's raining. They don't care. And you've got cleats on. You know, they kick you in the shins. Kick them back. You know, that's that's just a good Yes, that's that's real shit. And mind you, this is like 
it still even goes further than that because I know a lot of people who play football and whatnot, and they'll tell me, oh, you know, every time you like line up and they're about to uh, punt the whatever, what the fuck, do the ball, <laughs> the ball. I know I can't think of the word right now. But anyways, when they're lining up, like yeah, I'm talking mad shit to the other guy right there. I'm telling him he's a fucking loser. I'm telling him that that I'll run over his mom in my car after the game. I'm like, yo, what? <laughs> Like, there's so much aggression in these high school sports. Yeah. It's like, oh my God. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I've heard that in water polo, too, since you can't see everything that's underneath the water. The judges are all on top. They, they're they kicking each other. They're, they're shooting each other underneath the water. And, like, yes, yes. So they come out with bruises and scratches because you can't see what's going on under the um, but yes, I am thankful to be in a sport like powerlifting now. <laughs> it's me versus myself. Yeah. Yeah, I listen to music sometimes. For me. Yeah. I and still love sports, but as long as you're not trying to murder anyone, then you're welcome to play these sports. Right. Yeah. There's still this thing called sportsmanship where we do shake hands, but I know what you're thinking yeah. inside. <laughs> That was a, she was an angry girl. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, I mean, I just want to say again how thankful we are. And if there are different ways that you handle your self-love and your self-care, shoot us a, a sound clip. What are they called? Sound bites. Yeah. So, yeah, you can hit in the show notes. You can leave us a voice message. Our DMs are always open. Emails always open. Because not everybody has someone to talk to about this shit. So, we're here. If you want to come on an episode, just talk about it. Mm, yes. Tacos. And if therapy is accessible to you and you feel like you need somebody to talk to, don't don't, don't worry about the stigma of it. Do what you got to do. Dude, everybody's got to do what you got to do. Yeah, if it's, if it's accessible to you and you're like, damn, I think I could talk to somebody, then do it. Yeah. Go for it. Because there's so much stigma surrounding that just let that shit go. Yeah, I have some people who actually talk to, because they can't afford, um, you know, therapy, they they actually talk to their physicians. And if you find a good relationship with your physician, very rare, uh, <laughs> yeah. do that. Or with yeah. your personal trainer, physical therapist, your professor, your teacher, you know, everybody's a mentor. And you are a mentor to somebody else. So, you know. Have those important conversations with the people you actually vibe with. Definitely. Like it. Yes, we're here. We're here. We're not licensed mental health professionals, but we know how to have a conversation. We do want to bring on some licensed mental health professionals because we're just, you know, touching on the topic. We're just brushing on it. Um, I know that mental health is real for people with disabilities. So I can't wait for that episode. Yeah, and if you guys follow some accounts that you'd love for us to have on the show, feel free to share them, and we'll look into them, reach out, and get that going. Um, for now, know yourself, love yourself, set your boundaries, do whatever you have to do to carve out time, and be in your feelings, because that's cool, too. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Do yes. not apologize. Don't apologize for your disability. Don't apologize for your quote-unquote poor health, for using up too many resources. You know, use that shit. It's there for us. Yes, you are not a burden. Mm. You are not anybody's baggage. 
You are you, a full ass human. Disable Girls out. Thanks for listening to Disable Girls Who Left. We appreciate all of your support and everyone who's taken the time to show us some love. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, or write a review of our channel. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcasts, and more. You can also find us on Instagram at Disabled Girls Who Left.